Hello everybody, and welcome to the second ever edition of the Anime Limited podcast. I am marketing executive for Anime Limited, Mr. Jeremy Graves, joined in the office studio this week by... Andrew Partridge, president of Anime Limited. And Carrie, head of marketing, Anime Limited. And for the first time, we have... Hi, I'm Kat Hall, I'm the product manager, and I manage the products here at Anime Limited. I'm fairly sure her job description says something different about that. <laughs> Just keeping it simple. She cuts a lot of our, well, she cuts all of our trailers on top of everything else that she does. So <laughs> all those gorgeous trailers you've seen, that's Kat's work. Kat is a very, very important component in making sure everything happens. And in the coming weeks, we're going to be doing lots of themed shows, as we were talking about last time. And one of the ones that we've decided we're going to do is how to make a product. We're going to take you through a variety of steps in what goes into creating one of our titles, and Cat is a very key component to that happening. Well, it's, it's going to be a two-parter as well, probably. You'll probably hear a lot... It's a, think of it like a Blue Peter show. You'll hear a lot of <laughs> hammering sounds, scream... Oh, wait, no, that's not Blue Peter, is it? Oh. Sticky back plastic. I'll save you here. <laughs> Sticky back maybe, plastic. Maybe my memory of Blue Peter is different to everyone else's. My everlasting memory of Blue Peter is when like, when Thunderbirds was massive, and they were just oh, released... God, like, yeah, and, they, and they did the big... They, they just released in the shops like the 50 pound Tracy Island like island yeah. box set and Blue Peter showed you how to make it out of like toilet rolls and oh, yeah and paper mache we, yeah. made, we did that the thing which always annoyed me about was like Thunderbird like some of the Thunderbird 2 toys were really incredible like you could mm. push out like you know the, the middle part out and there would be a Thunderbird 4 stored mm-hmm. inside I don't know, I'm a simpleton really at the end of the day and it's the, the really Thunderbird cool 4, stuff. Thunderbird 4 was awesome, it was a submarine. But it was less that, it was more the fact that you could fit one like one Thunderbird thing inside another. Mm. <laughs> you know what I always wondered though? How many vehicles could Thunderbird 2 fit inside itself? Because you could always... <laughs> don't twist my words! I'm not That's from your country, so I don't have any memories of this whatsoever. But you must have seen Thunderbirds. Yeah, I'm old, but I'm not from your country. <laughs> So I didn't get the the uh, Blue Peter thingies. Was, so, it, was there an equivalent? No. Well, I don't know. No, really, no. We had a, so we had no an equivalent. Arabic Sesame Street, though. That was. Th- there was cool. Arabic <laughs> Sesame Street. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> Arabic Sesame Street. I imagine the count was pretty cool in that. Uh, yeah, the, the characters were a bit different. They looked different. It's not like they dubbed it. They had a whole different show. Oh, oh, different it was more like a franchising of show. Stuff. Yeah, Which they is... did it to. They did Arabic ones and they did um, Hebrew one as well. Yeah. So we used to see some of them. It's one of the cool things. I mean, would you like? You wouldn't believe it necessarily, but one of the big exports from the Japanese entertainment industry is not like it's not really so much anime. Actually, it's variety show formats. Sorry, like it's it's a side divergence here, but it's mm. one of the things a lot of Japanese licenses sell. The big mm. channels like NTV, TBS, oh, yeah, and they go abroad. Oh um, what we used to call Hussan, which was the, what's the, you call it something castle Keshe, here. Yeah, castle. yeah, we used to have like, that, but they had but the uh, whole thing is, commentary. The whole thing is, it's not even just like that. That one is a very specific style of yeah. show, but things like Dragon's Den and such are formats, oh, like, which really? are sold in, like often sold in or sold out. I can't remember if Dragon's Den is the one, but there's one of the, the big ones like that, which was sold in from Japan as opposed to... A lot of countries do it. Like the UK sells, like it, mm. like the formats of those shows. Like Britain's Got Talent and X Factor and stuff like yeah. that gets sold worldwide. It's really funny because when I first, uh, when Andrew was first speaking to me about joining Anime Limited, and I said, "Well, you know, my my anime knowledge is fairly limited." Ha <laughs> um, But he said, "You would have you would have watched anime." And I'm like, "Well, not that much, no." And then he kind of reminded me of my 
childhood. And, like, we used to get um, cartoons... The, the cartoons we used to get when I was a kid was Tom and Jerry and all these these anime series um, that were dubbed in Arabic. So, like, Bella and Sebastian and yeah. all of these ones, Lady Oscar and all yeah, of Lady them. Yeah, Lady Oscar, we which get. we're actually releasing in France shortly Oh, there well. you go. Incidentally, so, I, I'm tying it in nicely there. I did grow up with a lot of it. It was just all dubbed in Arabic. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, like, I mean, Kat, you were a, a kid of the Pokemon generation, aren't you? Yeah. Sort of not a kid kid, but you well, know what I mean. Yeah, that and, like, Sailor Moon and Cryocaptor Sakura and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemon was a little bit after my time. <laughs> it was a bit too old. Surely not, Carrie. Surely you're, you're... I know. Well, I am, ni- I am 93, for... but I moisturize and I drink plenty of water. So you're never you too old for Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to the billions of people who buy it every single time they release another one. I know. I think it's because you grew like it's for, it's different if you grew up with it. It was your your thing at the time, and then you kind of carry that on mm. while as you age, um, as you get older. But yeah, it kind of it, it passed me by. I'm afraid. It's like Power Rangers. I've been what like 19 yeah, exactly. incarnations in English or something, and then there's like 42 of them in Japan. Yeah, or yeah. something ludicrous. Yeah, it's insane. But it's it's good fun though. It's always fun yeah. having that pointed out to you as well, and you're like, oh, yeah, actually, you know. Well, that's the kind of useful, but I say useful, useful pub banter you, you pick up when you're... you're <laughs> it's all going to get edited but out I mean, anyway from normally, big massive snows. Norm- snows? Store. <laughs> normally it's, um, like, normally it's just meetings, meetings, meetings. Anime Japan's a nice variation. It, it's weird as an event. It used to be the central... It used to be called, um, well, a lot of us still call it by its old name. It used to be called Tokyo Anime Fair, which took me a lot longer to remember than I like than I would like to to admit. There actually has been been a while, but there was this kind of split a long time, like a, like a, like a while ago, between members of it, and eventually they, there were two separate events which ran briefly: Anime Content Expo and Tokyo Anime Fair. Then everyone decided they would be better kind of back together again, so. They, like it, it, like so, thus Anime Japan was born. But the way simulcast works now, which is where most people buy their TV series nowadays, like at the stage they buy in, Anime Japan is incredibly not useful for that. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's incredibly not useful. It is probably the the least useful event for it because it falls right at the, towards the end of March, and any like hardcore anime fan or like casual anime fan who watches simulcast will know. This new season begins at the start of April, and we're all good, but nobody negotiates a contract normally over the period of a week in the run-up, because you want to get your materials in, your promotion in, and you may even hear from us in the next week or so about new shows, actually, for simulcast. Mike, who knows? <laughs> it's a mystery. Um, but, like, but that's kind of changed the relevance now, so it's still an important event, but the relevance of it has changed. It used to be the place where you would do the deals as well, or come towards doing the deals as well, because you weren't buying on the clock for the next season. You were buying possibly a show which aired last year in Japan. Or like, like you know, it wasn't going to be based around the stuff coming up next season. That would be, if you were very ahead of the game, you'd be buying in then. I remember, I think at Bandai, I bought Durarara before the season began. Because I would be like yeah, because I was a huge fan of Bacano and then UV, like the original source material pretty well. So it was a a very big, strong, interesting topic for me. For those of you wanting to know the latest Durara update, we have our first round of check discs. I am watching them. <laughs> that is your update. <laughs> and I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point out that Jeremy's a total trooper because you're talking about 26 episodes. 
on DVD and Blu-ray, English and Japanese. It's a lot of work and a lot of on-screen text. And there is, I think you'll be happy to hear, a lot of on-screen text. So Yes, I can confirm that the sign and, <laughs> the sign and song subtitle track exists. I can confirm this. <laughs> so, He's seen it repeatedly. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's all looking good. We're going to have another update about that very, very soon. But Andrew... Yes. For Anime Japan, what's some of the more... What are some of them, Can you give us an aspect of Anime Japan that perhaps people wouldn't necessarily know about that interests you the most? Well, I think the, the most interesting thing is maybe it reintegrated business days back in. For me, it's not interesting for everyone else, but it's something they wouldn't see normally. What does a business day mean, for those who don't know? It's basically a day where you go in to do meetings, to see new things... Um, and there's no, there's generally no public in. Like basically, is the the by and large of it, which wasn't there last year. So we were doing meetings in a separate space during the like the public days, which made it like it wasn't actually as bad as all that. But the opinions vary from person to person. Um, but this gives people a chance to to do business and explore kind of what's on show in advance of it opening to the public. It's kind of like the Comic Con preview night. Mm, or like a Gamescom yeah. in Germany. Yeah, like a Gamescom kind of. It's, it's that exact kind of model they, they've readapted. They have a real problem just now, though not the event itself is great and such, but they're preparing for... It. It's a little thing. I mean, I'm sure people here have no experience dealing with the Olympics at all, but... Um, yeah, well, actually, no. In fact, we all know the, the routine for it. But because they're re... Like kind of like they're reinvigorated by the whole thing. It means all their event spaces are being redone up just now, ready for the Olympics. They're all being redeveloped. Mm. Okay. It's very difficult to book space in any venue just now, even if you're a regular recurring event. So they've done a pretty good job actually of integrating business days in, because that's kind of the. the it's not that they couldn't do it or couldn't afford it. It's just there's, if there's no space, there's no space, you know, and you can't ask everyone to go say down the road to a hotel to set up stands for business and then move up the road to set up a bit like a a consumer Mm. stand. It's it's an all-engaging event and often a lot of the teams in question internationally and such are involved in the process on site so you can't move people around too much, you know? Mm. Another thing which many people listening to this may not be aware of but I felt it necessary to bring this up. There is one thing, Andrew, that we know you love to indulge in while you're in Japan. That's a dangerous topic. That's a very dangerous topic. This is called ice cream. We know that you love your unique flavours of ice cream. Is there a unique flavour of ice cream that you are looking forward to sampling while in Tokyo? Why, yes. Well, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say which one just now because I try and not look it up in advance. But Japan has this really cool kind of habit of having seasonal specialities. Like... You know, Hagen dazs here, for example, doesn't have like it, like it has set flavors, and that's the case for the whole year, unless they try a special mm. edition. We have like vanilla, chocolate, strawberry cheesecake, cookies and cream. I think those are the Hagen dazs ones. Flavors. But they yeah. have stuff like um, like some of my favorite things, like sweet potato is really nice. But um, sweet potato ice cream. Yeah, the idea well, of it is uh, ludicrous. There's like tuba style potato ones, which are really weird. They're like purple. Like it doesn't, it was my, my least favourite is probably the fruit and vegetable <laughs> I believe it was a tomato oh, and carrot broke. tomato and carrot flavoured one did you have a <laughs> two of your five a day <laughs> see I preferred like two of my five a day in uh, an alcoholic drink format actually rather than ice cream format but there you go 
It, wasn't there like a pumpkin Hagen dazs at one point? Yeah, there was. And that, that was actually pretty good. That. Like it was like yeah. sweet, like it was kind of sweetness. I was more like pumpkin pie, mm. kind oh, of, yeah. and it worked really well. You get all these like you get weird and wonderful flavors, and you just get variants on the normal, like with several different chocolate flavored ones out. There was a whole line of them based on cake, French cakes, or like like um, at one point there was like the the opera one, like mm. opera, opera of cake. Um, like various different ones like that I only got to try that one actually but there was lots of them like they, they're limited so once they sell out they sell out so it's like a one time print run <laughs> yeah like there's a kind of a, a sweet egg custard style one I think just now oh, nice. kicking around with like actual kind of egg custardy style stuff on the top mm. but like I think that's actually sold out before I even get there this time so there's, nah. a, there's several of the seasonal ones going like already sold out so I'm going to have to troll some out of the way convenience stores for them this time. Yeah, is that where you'll find them as well? Just like in a regular convenience store? Yeah, like, store? I mean, normally in a convenience store is where you find them. It's it, the, That part of the stereotype is pretty true. The convenience stores in Japan are far more interesting than they are pretty much anywhere else in the world, to be honest. I don't know, you get some pretty interesting convenience stores around my way, but I don't think that has anything to do with What, in the West End of Glasgow? Like, it's not so, you know... <laughs> It, it it got a, it got oh. gentrified up to a point and then it stopped. Where's where's cat comes from? The <laughs> the equally the gentrified sides. <laughs> Any interesting corner shops there? Uh, not really. Yeah, you still get um pen, the penny sweets. So you know. <laughs> simple things, but simple product managers. <laughs> trust me, having lived in various parts of London, there are some corner shops in there. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean. Yeah, like the the varying different kinds of ice cream by season. Sometimes different, like like there's lots of varying different Kit Kats, for example, as well. Oh yeah, yeah seasonal Kit Kats. Uh, like there was a nice Halloween one, which was like kind of su- like really sweet and pumpkiny ones as well, which was cool. Or caramel pumpkin, I think it was. Ooh. Which was really nice. That was a couple of years back now. Isn't there a Kit Kat shop there, though? Yes. There's, like there's, a, there's a, a what? Well, mm. isn't it always like Kit Kat's got all these flavours like the ice cream? So mm. even at like MCM Expo and that, you see them selling all the different flavours. There's a shop for kind of everything as well, though. But like, I mean, there's a lot more themed stores as well. And by themed, I mean less sort of Halloween woo themed, but like <laughs> more, um, that's the weirdest description I've ever come up with for something which is not. Halloween woo. But like, I mean, like we need to integrate that into a panel. There's branded, there's branded stores, so you get Evangelion store, like Evangelion store, which used to be an individual place. I've posted photos up on the, the Facebook before of that. It's now moved into a department store, which might or might not have something to do with that ever-sliding scale of when Evangelion 4 will come out. Or in the UK, as we call it just now, Evangelion 3, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, manga. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, like it's moved around, but there's other stores as well. You'll get, like, department stores in Japan, not all of them, but a good chunk actually work in a different way to the UK, or at least very openly they, they do it this way, which is they sell the space like to other companies who wouldn't be able to buy a full shop. So there was a, if you remember Noah Tamina, so things like Psychopaths, um, coming up the new films, Project Ito films, which I'm personally really stoked about. Um, like that kind of thing. Like there was a store dedicated to just Noah Tamina brands. So it was okay. stuff like Psychopaths, it was a Psychopaths cafe out in Odaiba near Fuji's offices actually. Um, Fuji, the people who run the Noah Tamina block on TV, incidentally, for mm. people who, who don't know, um, which is very surreal. I mean, like, they didn't have anything, like, they, they had some cool interactive stuff set up as well, 
uh, if a psychopath movie that went actually out of their, their store and went to, I think it was Shinjuku Station, one of the, the main key stations where they had a um, Sybil system meter, which would read your um, criminal coefficient, which I, I liked. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't have time to take part. I work in anime, so my coefficient may be quite yeah, high. Scared <laughs> scared <laughs> um, I was concerned that I might be um, arrested at that point. <laughs> Um, and of course, in case of people don't know, Noi Tamina also was uh, Terror in Resonance, uh, Ungo, Guilty Crowns on there, that tons and tons of shows have been part of that block. It's a, it's a very creative block, but the point is, even stores like, like brands like that, where there's not often a lot of merchandise, um, especially like shows like Honey and Clover, for example, back in the early days, um, like, it's just interesting to see, basically. It's one of those those things where there is a store for, for everything there's the Capcom some friends are in Tokyo just now on holiday and they were overjoyed to find there's a pop-up store for Capcom mm. like Capcom has an e-store online as well and like across the world actually but in Japan they actually have a physical version of it as well selling everything from replicas of Resident Evil weaponry to like to Monster Hunter t-shirts and such mm. you know so it's really cool it's a chance to if you're looking for things you couldn't buy at an anime convention if you're in Japan your best looking for those kind of branded stores and if you're very lucky I will send a list to Kerry or Jeremy of those kind of stores to, to put up as a as a travel guide if you're looking for that kind of thing in Japan when you're on holiday there you go more blog content no to get down now <laughs> <laughs> so from there Andrew do you when you go to Anime Japan I'm trying to think of a way of wording this so you can give a fairly ambiguous answer if you want to do you have any particular goals in mind, or is it more just a chance to catch up with the various companies in Japan about what's coming out? Do I have a shopping list, you mean? Um, <laughs> Maybe. Which is, yes, I do. There's, there's, there's honestly a range of things we're looking at just now, like, in the, like on the licensing frontier, for the UK especially, actually. There's a few, like I've hinted in a few places, there's a few old titles I worked on in the past at Bandai that I am very keen to get my hands on again and do something cool with. Uh, there's a few titles, actually, we've got a few surprises on the way, um, so there's a few things to, to sign off on. Maybe even a new simulcast show or two. Um, there's a few shows this season I'm really looking forward to, but I'll save that for a podcast when we get back, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Or when, when I get back. The, I mean, post, the post-mortem of Anime yeah. Japan. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you go into it with kind of a, a mixed set of objectives. Like, I mean, but the shopping list element is definitely there for me. There's a lot of stuff in process for us. <laughs> and now we move on to the community segment. We put out the call for questions on Facebook and Twitter. We got loads of responses, and thank you so much. We're going we're gonna to have to limit this to one question per person, and we're going to get to as many as we can in the time that we have remaining. So if we don't answer your question, many apologies. We'll try and give you an answer on Facebook or Twitter, or we'll keep it back for the next one, depending how it goes. Or just ask it again next time, and eventually we might get to it if, if we are able to answer slash we have time. First of all, Andrew... Andrew, that's what you name. <laughs> <Andrew>. Close enough. <laughs> Up first, Andrew, uh, from Conrad. Samurai Flamenco Blu-ray info, please. At least a confirmation that we will be getting a Blu-ray. You will be getting a Blu-ray. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That'd be clearer than that. There you go. Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> from David, Discotech are releasing Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust on Blu-ray in the USA later this year. Would this be a property you'd consider releasing in the UK? 
Oh man, a hundred times yes. I love like well, I love Kawajiri's work, and I love um, I love Vampire Hunter D. There's a funny story behind that license, and I'm really imp- like Discotech consistently impress me with what they pick up. So there's a like definitely they are a barometer of some of of licenses that I would love to do. Um, one of the the funny stories though is that the because of the way the committee was formed for that was actually only one person left as part of that committee like or one part of a significant part of the committee who can sign off on stuff and getting a hold of them can be quite a challenge so i like it's one of those ones i would love to do and i'm definitely looking at how to do it but i couldn't possibly like there's no news on it just now put it like that from george can we expect a collector's edition of tokyo ghoul and uh, to add to that, Andrew, just because I know already it was asked earlier, and I'm trying to see if I can find their name quickly, but someone asked if there was any opportunity of getting an ultimate edition of Tokyo Ghoul, or is it is it does the length of the series prohibit that? It's not so much the length of the series. I mean, firstly, yes, there will be a collector's edition, of course, but the the question is more for an ultimate edition for us. We kind of save those for editions that, but we know there is a following behind, and there's a market for. Like, not even a market for it, it's something we really feel deserves a, like, a new edition. Like, for a TV series, we've never done it with something which is, a hun- like, you know, totally new. Like, 100% fresh off the marketplace. It's not that we wouldn't do it, it's just that you would need to know for sure materials were available. And the problem is, very often, until a show is several years old at least you're not entirely sure what material is going to be available to make an ultimate, because, like, the way rights freeze up, it takes quite a while sometimes for, like, for you to be able to acquire, say, the, the material for an art book, for example, or the the permission to do something really special with the title. And there's a few titles we're looking at that with. But Tokyo Ghoul definitely will get collectors just now. I like. I really don't know if we'll, we'll when when or if we're able to do an ultimate. As I know the the original artist is quite specific about approvals for that kind of title. It's not that you need a lot of freedom to do an ultimate edition, but you need to be able to engage directly. So it, it often works better on original shows like Grand Lagan, for example, or um, like or Escaflone, for example, where you can converse directly with someone who can sign off without having to go to an a-, a publishing agent who then goes to someone else. It, it, basically, it makes things a lot more straightforward. And uh, that uh, the Ultimate Edition question was from Shinji, by the way. No, uh, no, I assume... Get back into the robot, Shinji! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Kerry is upset because I beat her too bad. gesticulating fist here. <laughs> from Jason. Jason! After the release of Attack on Titan, the, the soundtrack of Attack on Titan, I should say, can we expect any more soundtrack releases from Anime Limited? Well, first of all, we love soundtracks in this office. Anime soundtracks mm-hmm. are on constantly amongst the occasional bouts of heavy metal from me and some really cool classic rock from Kerry. But I think it's fair to say we would love to release more soundtracks, but it'll probably depend. What do you think, Kat, on that front? Um, yeah, it kind of as it depends mostly on like the title yeah i mean from from our experience dealing with the patema inverted uh kickstarter and trying to get the soundtrack for that Mm. um it's incredibly complicated and it can be a pain in the patoot sometimes so i think it would really depend on the soundtrack and kind of demand and and how complicated the scenario is i mean sometimes it is just 
like way too complicated to 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 deal with but sometimes you can manage it like we did with Patema or the Attack on Titan soundtrack mm -hmm. so I guess ultimately it depends on the title and and how tough it is really I guess from Sam quote Madoka movie trilogy in the UK when <laughs> yes when Andrew <laughs> <laughs> I much like to do packaging for that Surely the question is if. If, yeah. <laughs> uh, good question, actually. Uh, it's like uh, the when is really dependent. I mean, the TV series is handled by Manga UK, so it's kind of really in their court unless we're approached about it. I mean, we would love to. We've done it in France. Really enjoyed working on that release. But at the end, like, um, like at the end of the day, unless the licensor comes to us and says it's been passed on, which I can't imagine it will be, to be honest, then. It's like it's a bit tough for us to go to to go and jump our, our feet into it. You never know, though. Like, um, but I, I'd say the when isn't anytime soon by the sounds of it. At least on our end. From Ryan, if you could choose three shows or movies from your wildest dreams, what would they be? This being to license, I should say specifically, three shows or movies from your wildest dreams to license, what would they be? Just to point out before Andrew gets into this, this is not a super secret announcement. There is no hidden code. We're just talking <laughs> wildest dreams here. There's no like Koj Hideo Kojima style subliminal messaging yeah, in this or anything. whatsoever. Well, I think I'd like a, an anime adaptation of Careless Whisper for starters. Uh, those lyrics are particularly meaningful to me. Um, I, I suppose you probably want a serious answer actually. Uh, wildest dreams in no particular order. I'm going to pick an obscure one, well, an obscure one, a TV series, and a film out of this, I guess. So the obscure choice would be, well, it's not obscure to people who know their history in animation, but Momotaro's Divine Sea Warriors, which is, like, it's something me and Jonathan Clements talk about quite a lot every year at Scotland Loves Anime, like, at least in the pub. On it. So it's <laughs> one of those ones where, like, if it was restored into a quality where you could do a, a say, a Blu-ray release, for example, it's it would be worth doing along with some some historical background. It's one of those pieces which was done during World War Two, so it is propaganda orientated. Well, it's propaganda, actually, full stop. But it's an important piece of history to be kept. Um, in terms of TV series, definitely Planet S. I would murder for a shot on on Blu-ray of that. Um, and for film, well, film. Wildest, wildest dreams would be anything that Studio Ghibli has ever done. Um, like, you know, wildest, like, non-binding, non never going to happen. Actually, wildest dreams for, for could happen, well, up on the horizon just now is Project Ito, which is mm. amazing. Would love to get my hands on, on those, although, you know, like, that's... It's not at the stage, it's only just coming onto the market now, so who knows who's going to end up with those, to be honest. Um... Also very keen on there's a lot of like films which didn't get a good chance the first time round as well, or didn't even get a, a release here the first time round. Don't worry, that's not a secret announcement of Bidori Gusko either. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is Jeremy looks really actually angry that I'm not licensing it. I, Jeremy's a big fan of that film. We screened it at Scotland Love Anime. Like in my, my capacity as festival director, then it was one of Jeremy's favourite films that year. Don't don't speak, Jeremy. I know you have too much to say about it. We don't have enough time. Ugh. But um, 
I think that's probably it on my side. I mean, there's, like, I, I would say, it, like, film-wise is a silly answer more than anything. Like, the, the, the Ghibli films or, like, you know, maybe Project Eater. I'm really personally very keen on those. I'm sure I'll go into detail on a film blog, like a film podcast later mm-hmm. about those. Um, but definitely TV series-wise, Planet S, which is maybe achievable, who knows. Um, and for classics, maybe something a bit more obscure, why not, Momotaro? How about you, Kat? What would you like? What if, you, if you could license one I know basically what these answers are already. Legend <laughs> exactly. of the Overfiends. Um, exactly. I know It's very definitely Legend of the Overfiend for Cat, no. uh, Wicked City, no. and um, Cyber City Oedo no. for Cat. Also Poopa. Yeah, like she, she really you, wants you that. Just let well. me see the trailer for that. No, one. man, That's you're a grown up. You can watch the trailer if you want. Um, <laughs> Freak okay. me the hell out. I'm just gonna but... say one TV show because you know exactly what I'm gonna say. But I would love to see Carcaptor Sakura in the UK. I know, I know right now, people who are listening to this, either some of them have just gone, yes, <laughs> yes, it needs to be here. It doesn't mean that we have it or anything, again. No, Cat is not a barometer um, for what I have licensed. But I will always, always pester <laughs> Andrew about it. I swear, I think that if we actually did, Cat would sound a lot would, more enthusiastic yeah, about this, and you could probably, probably tell from the tone of her voice. Yeah, I need to stop asking Andrew when we're going to license that, because I know it's not going to happen. Well, you never she know. looks hopefully at Andrew. And <laughs> she looks like, like, she's like, like, I know right? it's not going to happen. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> no. Well, maybe. Aww. Who knows? Okay. Uh, maybe. Uh, I can either confirm or deny the existence of the license for the card captor. You don't even care. <laughs> you don't care, Andrew. It's okay. Uh, like, what was that? Did someone say something there? <laughs> no. See, from my perspective, had it not have already had a Blu-ray release, I probably would have said the Street Fighter Two animated movie, because it has had a Blu-ray, which is a damn good one at that. But at the same time, I could imagine you know, what else could have been done with it. Mm. And there's no, you, the only way you could do it is to to rotoscope the live action of Street Fighter Two. Kylie Minogue, Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I let's say right it now, it doesn't get that, any that to this day that is still a great film. In my opinion, it's though, so bad it's great, but it's no, great. No, no, I've still got t- a crate of bison dollars under my bed for the day. I mean, well, why else does someone go? I've got a great idea. I'm going to kidnap the queen and then make my currency legal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's... Sorry, I've spoiled some of the plot. Oh, no! Do you know what? Do you know what? I 20-year rule? I can't, remember what, I can't remember where I heard this, but apparently the reason, like, Van Damme did the film, or the reason the film got commissioned... Money. Was so they could make the final pose of the film, yeah, the that, final no, group shot. It's like yeah, the only it. reason apparently they did it. That's basically it. The, the, the famous pose at the end only happens for like a split second, then cuts to the credits. So <laughs> <laughs> you watch this film for like a couple hours just to get to this point. Some films age well, some films don't age well at all, and some films are just timeless. <laughs> Words of wisdom from Andrew. Yeah. Street Fighter 2 <laughs> is definitely timeless. It's an awesome film. It was one of the very first anime VHS tapes I bought no. it was before I was 15 so the person in Woolworths believed I was 15 but then again I'm a giant so that could happen at any point but yeah one of the first anime VHS tapes I bought that and Dominion Tank Police uh, another classic oh enough of, of, of anyway, sorry. Yeah, so back to the question what else do people have uh, nostalgia <laughs> any chance of licensing the original Neon Genesis Evangelion or the 2003 Full Metal Alchemist series for Blu-ray you never know. Um, I'd like to. I, I, I like both shows. I think they would both deserve ultimate editions if the opportunity came up. I think it's really just about 
what the opportunities are there. Like, Evangelion, I know, is still not on the market again, in the international market yet. Um, and I'm pretty sure, like, like I'm, I'm pretty sure there is a queue all the way round the, um, the building, basically, looking for that. But, you know, fingers crossed. Who knows? I mean, I, like, that's not a commitment again. Like, Anime Limited does not <laughs> promise anything from Disclaimer. that. But, you know, maybe. Would, I mean, we, would we want it? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Kerry would love to see it. <laughs> Kerry's not seen the original you TV series uh, again. Yeah, no. She's seen the films, yeah. but she's not seen the TV series. No. Which... I think you like the series. <laughs> Don't make me. Even... Don't make me. You'd, you'd actually like I, it. Uh, it was in consolation. You wouldn't have, you, I, I wouldn't let you choose it. Kat um, <laughs> felt the need to explain the TV show to me after I'd seen the films and uh, pointed me in the direction of a particular scene oh, of a particular episode. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna, it's a film in that I'm, case, but... I'm not still. actually going to say what the scene is. I mean, uh, y'all can search around and figure out what <laughs> I'm talking about. Is it about. from the end of Evangelion? But, yes. Enough about that. The point is, is that I think we would all... <laughs> veering rapidly back on topic, I think we'd all like to, to do it. It's just a question of... You know, if the stars align. From Stephen, any chance of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? I like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but I, like it was last I heard, it was it was tied up just now in complications. I know there's several people very keen on it. I know, like I know several licensees in the UK who are very keen on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as well. So, like I think wherever it goes, if it goes anywhere, it'll go to a good home there. From Andy, do you foresee the VAT Moss rules now in effect affecting any future Kickstarter projects you might embark on? Every time I hear Moss, I want to go, Roy! Roy! <laughs> it's a flipping iPhone, Roy! <laughs> anyway, but um, it's a good question, actually. I think the, the issue for, for VAT Moss, really for Kickstarter, goes back to the platform itself. Because really, like in that case, it's Kickstarter... Like, we're using the service, but Kickstarter is the one taking the money and processing it before it pays it out. So, like, and it actually charges you the VAT and such. So if it decides to adopt that system, then yes, it will impact on us. Um, would it impact on us if we were running uh, Kickstarter from the American side? No, because Kickstarter America doesn't run on, like, European VAT. So it's kind of, a, it depends on what the scope of the project is. We tend to do ours on the UK Kickstarter like site now. Mm-hmm. So really it depends on how Kickstarter Europe handles it. If we had the opportunity, would we ever release any Rumiko Takahashi series? If we had the opportunity, yes. That, that goes under Wildest Dreams again. Um, would love to, but it, like the trouble is like MVM actually did release the run of the movies like a long time ago. It took them quite a while to acquire. And when they did, the problem is is that like Ranma and such didn't... As much as I loved them, and I actually, my first introduction to, to manga was through Ranma One Half, it wasn't a big seller in the UK. Like, it was just the wrong timing, the wrong... Like, it was wrong time, wrong place, basically. The US had, like, had more success with Ranma and Lum than we did to an like unfortunately although Lum in the UK is one of the few shows to have a British dub for an episode or part of an episode if you look search um, for, for Urusai Yatsura Lum and then BBC Free David Williams and co gave it a, a shot at dubbing as an anime and that honestly wow. if you could include that as an extra in the UK that would be incredible on a personal <laughs> note whenever somebody says Urusai Yatsura or they talk about it I always think of there's a 
uh, for maybe some of you indie music aficionados out there, a Glasgow band back in the 90s. Um, and they were pretty popular for a while there. Um, never really broke the mainstream, but people who know their stuff know that. So every time I hear that, I automatically think people are talking about this like obscure Glasgow indie band. And yeah, it turns out they're not. No. Yeah, I remember <laughs> the first time we discovered that. Yeah, nodding like an idiot. Good times. Anyway, continue. Questions. <laughs> Any chance for Cowboy Bebop the movie release? <laughs> I would love to. Uh, it's currently with Sony, but you never know. I mean, we, we get on quite well with Sony, so, you know. We, we would love to. If you, you keep emailing them as well about it and tweeting at them, then maybe we'll, we'll all get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> we would love Cowboy Bebop the movie. And finally, and once again, big thank you to everyone who sent in questions. We tried to get to as many as we can today. Can you give us any more details about what we can expect in our upcoming Ultimate Edition of Escaflone? Uh, sure can, actually. Um, we're, we're just receiving the HD assets just now, so expect some comparison shots shortly on the internet. Um, we, the, the difference is actually stunning from the, the last release in the UK when, we, when, when I was at Bees, actually. The quality is so much better. You will get the TV series in the Ultimate and the movie. Um, I'm not sure if actually announced officially that yet, so that's a, probably a snippet for you guys just now. But the movie will be in there as well. Dub and sub? Dub and sub. But this is where it gets interesting, because there's actually an entire director's cut, as Robbie found out who was cutting episodes for some VOD use later, and realised that there is indeed, you know, that none of the subs from the DVD version will match up, because there's two different releases, you know, there's wow. the director's cut which came mm. afterwards where new dialogue, there's completely new scenes in some cases, you know. So what we're looking at doing is including the original version as you remember it from the, the Bees edition because if, if, like me, you've actually, in fact, even released the title more than once <laughs> and didn't realise there was this edition sitting out there, <laughs> then it'll be the version as you remember it. But... For the direct scubs, a lot of ideas going around, I think, in other territories just now of how to handle it, how I'm thinking just now to handle it, to not slow the process. We've had plenty of slowdowns due to dub waiting for dubbing and such before, so we were thinking of issuing the director's cut on the same discs for the Ultimate as kind of a bonus. So you can, if you buy the Ultimate Edition, you're also getting the as the director intended it version, subtitled only. Um, if someone decides to dub it later down the line or such, we'll we'll look into it. But we kind of feel the the people who are going to appreciate it the most are the people who've watched it. Like, watch it for that doesn't exclude people who've listened to it dubbed, but we just don't have the budget or the enough tranquilizer darts to hunt down the original <laughs> voice actors and actresses. So, I mean, we would have to dub the whole thing from scratch again. And also, like and case. taking into account as well that there is going to have to be script revisions because there is extra content yeah so we're looking at subtitle resubtitling the whole lot for the ultimate edition we're looking into what we can do for everything else in it just now i've got some cool ideas um actually it's one of the meetings i have in japan is about escaflone ultimate edition um so we're pretty psyched about it it'll be definitely a q4 title for us um like for for this year because it's kind of a big meaty project um but Something to look forward to, actually. Personally, I'm really psyched, anyway. I can't wait for it. I love Escaflono. I remember watching it on Fox Kids Network. Kerry Aww. and Cal both be first-timers to Escaflono yeah. as well, I believe, so they've mm. got something to look forward to as well. It looks good. It features a renowned physicist as well. Feynman? No, oh. no, no. I'll, like, <laughs> My I, can't give it to, I can't say and give it away. <laughs> Spoilers! 
Um, <laughs> it's you, Jerry! No. <laughs> but like, um, it does feature a, a world-renowned physicist, someone who's made history, uh, which is a Feynman. bit of a surprise, actually. No. Um, I'm going to keep saying Feynman in the hope that it is him. <laughs> it's not. It's so. much older than Feynman. But anyway. Um, yeah, so. So there you go, folks. Some exclusive details there. I just want to throw this in while I can. Um, if we're talking about old titles or old film coming, like being redone and everything. And Kerry knows about old films. I do know about old films. I am old. Um, <laughs> no, I just wanted to, to give a shout out to Wings of Onyamis because I've just finished QCing it in-house and it looks pretty phenomenal. The DVD on its own looked amazing until I saw the Blu-ray, which is just astounding. And considering how old the film is, they did a really, really good job of um, like clearing it up and making it look so much better. The Blu-ray especially um, is pretty pin sharp, so if you've pre-ordered it or you've been hesitant about pre-ordering it, it's a really, really good release. And I'm not just saying this because it's our release and I'm selling it, but it is really good, so definitely worth it. And we will have some shots up of that later, probably yeah, actually at the time this podcast goes up, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to be working on, on some comparison things, but I remember that we all walked in while you were QCing the DVD, mm-hmm. and we said, oh, are you watching the Blu-ray? It's like, no, this is a DVD. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Yeah, it, it looks it's kind fantastic. Of, for those of you who have, uh, who have purchased and watched our release of Outlaw Star, it's I would say I would argue it's better than the transfer of it's that on so DVD. So much better. It looks fantastic and it's so clear, and they've done such a great job with it. It's and it's a really great film. I I really enjoyed it. It was the first time I missed it at SLA because I was out of town at the time, but um, it's a fantastic film and you should definitely definitely watch it if you have the opportunity. Cool. And with that being said, folks, we're gonna we're gonna close out the show now. Thank you very much for listening. But before we do, cat. Is there any like tease for an upcoming release of ours that you can give um, people? Or something they don't know yet, maybe? Well, I've been working on the Space Dandy Season 2 Collector's Edition brief, so that's been sent away last week, so hopefully we should have pack, shoot, pack shoots? Pack shots in the next few weeks or so. There you go, folks. There's a little teaser for you. Thank you very much for listening. Remember to check out our website, alltheanime.com. There you can get links to all of our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. From there, you can also get access to our blog, where you will find the latest edition of the Newswire. For those of you who want to apply for it, the Durarara Disc Replacement Scheme, which I spent painstaking minutes writing. And also, literally, give it a complete read. We tried to cover all bases in there, so any questions you have, they have been more than likely 99.9% answered on that front. And, yeah, remember, we're going to be at MCM Birmingham Comic Con. Our next podcast will be in a few weeks' time. Probably, actually, might end up being an MCM preview slightly and, and an Andrew Lost in Japan recap. I'm, I'm hoping I'm not lost actually in Japan because <laughs> then I won't be on the podcast and everyone will be like, don't really know what's going on at this point. We'll just get you on uh, Skype, you know. Mm. Technology, yeah. He doesn't know where he is, but we can get him on Skype, so yeah. that's fine. Oh, yeah. He's always got his phone on him. Yeah, so. that's true. Two iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get an iWatch, you'll always be attached to your phone. Ah, so. a cry watch. <laughs> I'm just going to sellotape my phone to my wrist. I stapled an apple to my hand earlier. It's, <laughs> not, it's not looking really any good <laughs> anymore, but, um, but I wouldn't recommend it at home either for anyone it's listening. It's starting to so. Well, the apple is considerably more at least five days before it goes bad. D- what kind of apples do you buy at last five days? Folks, thank you very much for listening. It's been a bit wacky, but we're having a good laugh. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. 
hit us up on the social media. Make sure you visit our website. If you need to contact us, all the details can be found on the website. From myself, Jeremy, from Kerry, Cat, and Andrew, we've been Team Anime Limited, signing out.